Yes. All aboard. It's the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. The train is building up ahead of steam with the hard hitting sports talk. You've got a lot to get to. NBA action, NBA news. The Clippers, Doc Rivers, part ways. Still got some more on Deion Sanders and Jackson State. So I hope you got your ticket. Because this train is going to take you on the ride. You're locked and loaded into the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Anthony Smith is your conductor. So stay tuned for some sports talk coming from the A train. We're about to get rolling right now. So as I said at the onset, you know that Doc Rivers and the Clippers have parted ways with each other. And this is going to be my top story. But it's said that Kendrick Perkins says Doc Rivers having a lot of conversations with the Sixers about their coaching job. Doc Rivers has been on the coaching market for less than a day, and already the rumors are beginning to swirl about him landing with the Philadelphia 76ers. Former player and current ESPN analyst Kendrick Perkins, who played under Rivers for six and a half seasons in Boston, talked up Rivers' fitness for the job on the scale in Powell's podcast where he revealed that Rivers has already talked extensively with members of the Sixers organization. And here's how that conversation went. It says, let me ask you this, Perk. Doc's a player's coach. If you want to win and you're competitive, I don't understand how a player would not want to play for Doc Rivers. To which Perkins replied, well, it's a different breed. It's a different breed. I heard he's having a lot of conversations with Philadelphia 76ers right now. That's where he's getting the most interest, and I think that he would be a great fit with them. I honestly believe Doc with Joel Embiid, that's what he needs. He needs a person like Doc. Think about what DeAndre Jordan did under Doc Rivers. Hell, think about what I did under Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers gets the best out of you. Doc Rivers gets the best out of you. You know that. You know he's able to manage egos and stuff like that. But to nip it in the bud, when you go back to the Clippers, the Clippers were just soft mentality, just soft mentally. They had that tough guy talk, all that noise mentality, but they didn't show it on the court. It was times when Doc in Boston used to be like, all right, enough of the talking. We got to show up and play. And we would actually show up and play. So while Perkins is a mixed bag as an analyst, to say the least, his relationship with Rivers affords him plenty of insight into what may or may not be happening with the veteran head coach right now. And with sources already confirming to Philly Voice that the Sixers reached out to Rivers within hours of his departure from the Clippers, it's time to start taking Rivers seriously as a candidate for the open position. To Perkins' point, on the basketball merits of such a move, Rivers does seem like 
one of the best candidates, if not the best, to get the most out of Joel Embiid. His track record for working with big men is far more extensive than Tyron Lue's or Mike D'Antoni's. His best years as a coach came with Kevin Garnett as the tip of the spear for Boston, with Rivers eventually getting Garnett to buy into full-time five minutes after a career of preferring to play power forward. There are different players in many ways, but it's a deeper well of big man experience to draw from. The Jordan years in L.A. are a bit less compelling to me because Embiid is not going to wake up tomorrow and turn into a high-flying rim runner. But the bottom line is Rivers has plenty of practical experience with and room in his heart for traditional big man. A more interesting subplot from his Clippers years as it relates to Philadelphia is the dynamic between Chris Paul, who is arguably the real driving force behind Jordan's rise, and Rivers. In 2018, ESPN's Kevin Arnovitz reported extensively on behind-the-scenes politics in L.A. and revealed Paul told owner Steve Ballmer that Rivers had contributed to his exit. After Paul exited for Houston, Clippers owner Steve Ballmer reached out to his former point guard. As a relatively new owner, Ballmer wanted to learn from his organization's mistakes and invited Paul to share his thoughts about the current state of the franchise and, more pointedly, his reason for leaving. When the two met over breakfast, league sources says Paul stated that Rivers was one of the contributing factors. With Paul still looming as a potential Sixer trade target this offseason, that relationship would come into focus big time for Philadelphia. It seems things have cooled in the years since. However, during the tumultuous NBA meetings during the league's work stoppage earlier this month, Paul, current president of the NBA PA, invited Rivers to speak in front of a meeting of the remaining teams in Orlando. Asked about their relationship after the news leaked, Rivers told reporters they had mended fences. Our relationship is great, Rivers said. We put that behind us a year ago, at least golfed a bunch this summer before the season started. We cleared the air long ago. That happens from coach, player a lot. Usually when a guy leaves a company in business, most of the time it's not on great terms. Even if they're just going to another opportunity, but usually you come back to that company and say thank you and appreciate all the things you've done. And I think that was CP in our case. Rivers' late entry into the race does complicate matters for the Sixers, as they were prepared to interview Clippers assistant Tyron Lue on Tuesday, with Lue expected to meet with ownership during the latest interview round. They're pretty far along in the process, and Lue is now considered one of the favorites for the open Clippers job, putting pressure on all sides to get deals done and put the best offer on the table for the next head coach, whoever that may be. It seems there are still a few twists and turns left in an offseason that has been slow and full of surprises for Philadelphia. We'll keep you posted with all the latest rumors as they come along. So there's what you have going on with former coach of the Clippers, Doc Rivers, 
what's been said, fences being mended. So let's just play devil's advocate. I've always said that Philadelphia needs a point guard. To me, Ben Simmons is not the answer, whether he's point guard, point forward, or whatever you want to call him. Embiid is pretty much a traditional center who can stroke the three. But to me, Philadelphia needs a true point guard. And if all indications are that CP3 and Doc Rivers have mended their issues, and if they can make this work, I see no reason why come you couldn't see Doc Rivers landing that job as well as getting the CP3 to be your point guard. Move Ben Simmons to a forward and have Joel Embiid as your center and put some more components around that team. And that would almost automatically with Doc Rivers' with Doc Rivers' uh, track record, you would almost put Philadelphia as a favorite to come out of the East next year. That's my thoughts on that. So we go to another story. And you know at some point Jerry Jones just has to rear his head. So Jerry Jones takes backhanded dig at Dak relative to Mahomes, Wilson, and Romo. Jerry Jones did his always newsworthy spot on Shan and RJ on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas today. And part of it that will make headlines was what will likely be perceived as a backhanded shot at Dak Prescott. And I am efforting right now to pull that sound clip up of what Jerry Jones had to say. I watched him uh, live last year at LSU. Was, uh, I was watching my grandson play, uh, play him, and um, at that particular time, I loved him. I loved him in the draft. Dreaming that he might get over into the second and somehow uh, be around where we could look at him. But uh, he's an exceptional player, their running back. And obviously, with uh, their quarterback, who's, uh, uh, I think, uh, uh, at the highest uh, uh, level right now, uh, because of his, uh, frankly, as uh, much as just his natural ability to make plays, his mobility. And uh, this guy's very uh, quick and elusive and can get in and out of situations with his feet and by time. The quarterback we played uh, Sunday is of that kind of nature. He's very, uh, has great ability to get in and out and then uh, make the play. That play Dak made at the end of the game that got intercepted. Well, uh, uh, the result of Dak's ability that let him get that ball off was uh, was uh, uh, really great and outstanding. Well, these guys do that, uh, have that ability a lot. They are very quick-footed, and they're very. They have the unique ability to uh, possibly take their eyes uh, away from the field for a minute and then immediately focus back and see. Romo had that. And so uh, they could turn his back on it and turn around and hand-eye and get it done quick. 
And so those are things that show up, and that's what's showing up with these guys. They're buying time with their feet. They're buying time with their instincts and their feet. Jerry, fantastic discussion. I got to say, I didn't believe you. I didn't believe the NFL that you guys would be able to pull off the COVID numbers like you. So there you have Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. And basically like he was drawing a comparison between his quarterback, Dak Prescott, and what Dak's abilities is as opposed to what others ability are. The Cowboys owner was asked about if there was a major gap between the Cowboys and the Chiefs. He answered affirmatively and praised Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Patrick Mahomes. He said Mahomes is, I think, at the highest level right now because of, frankly, as much as just his natural ability to make plays, his mobility. This guy's very quick and elusive and can get in and out of situations with his feet and by time. The quarterback we played Sunday, Russell Wilson, is of that kind of nature. He has great ability to get in and out and then make the play. That play Dak made at the end of the game that got intercepted, well, the result of Dak's ability that let him get the ball off was really great and outstanding. Well, these guys do that, have that ability a lot, that are very quick-footed. They have the unique ability to possibly take their eyes away from the field for a minute and then immediately focus back and see. Romo had that, so he could turn his back and turn around and hand-eye and get it done quick. So, this isn't necessarily a direct shot at Dak, but it is. But is it reading too much into it to say that Jerry Jones bringing up the Dak interception and then bringing up quarterbacks who would complete the play after eluding the pass rush was a backhanded dig at Dak? By the way, here's the play in question. Basically what it was was a play against Seattle, and Dak looked as if he was going down for the sack, and his athletic ability helped him avoid it, get the pass off, and it was the pass that was intercepted. So that's what Jones had to say. So, what are others saying? Well, some are saying it like this. Jerry is Jerry. That's why they haven't won a Super Bowl in 25 years and counting. Dak, like Romo, is a good QB, but not the one to take him to the promised land. Another person said, I'd place more focus on the running back. You paid $50 million guaranteed, currently averaging 3.8 yards per attempt. Zeke had to either drop or almost drop four to five passes Sunday by himself. Dak has guys around him not pulling their weight. Hmm. Another one says, Dak is still running like he is in the Cabo Sand. He got paid. And that's all he wanted. And one more comment says like this. Oops, Zeke, not Dak. Dak is going to be fine. So basically the person that made the last comment about Dak and Cabo had to retract and say, oops, Zeke, not Dak. So there you have those comments. And 
Jerry Jones's view on his quarterback. So what I'm going to do right here, I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I will have some more sport news for you. So stay tuned. A Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is yours truly, Anthony Smith. So as you know, last week on September 21st, Deion Sanders was hired to be the new head coach at Jackson State. And on his first day on the job, the NFL Hall of Famer extended a scholarship offer to five-star defensive tackle Mason Smith. At the time, it looked like Sanders was trying to make a splash and get the Tigers in national headline. But it appears that the prime coach is planning to try and get as much blue-chip talent as possible down to Jackson, Mississippi. I want to coach like an Urban Meyer, Sanders said this past weekend on the Big Noon kickoff. I want a quarterback like Matt Leiner and an all-purpose back like Reggie Bush. That's a start right there. If I can get those three, I can have a program that's unbelievable. But listen, I'm looking for guys that love the game of football. We have a wonderful staff that's going to, to surround me. They have 84 years of playing and coaching experience in the NFL. Some good guys. They're ecstatic about getting this program going. Some of the offers that Sanders has extended are, well, for starts, five-star offensive lineman Amarius Mims. Marius Mims is the nation's number two ranked defensive tackle prospect per the 24-7 sports composite. The Cochran, Georgia, Blakely County standout named Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Auburn, Oklahoma, and FSU his leaders back in July. Many, however, think that it's the Crimson Tide, Volunteer, and Bulldogs out battling for his signature as he sets to make a commitment on October the 14th before enrolling at the school of his choice. Four-star wide receiver Deion Smith, an LSU commit. Deion Smith is the number one ranked recruit in the state of Mississippi this cycle, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. He flipped his commitment from Mississippi State to LSU back in December but continues to have his name linked to the Bulldogs along with Ole Miss. The wide receiver out of Jackson Academy has drawn comparisons to Oklahoma star Charleston Rambo. Sanders would love to keep the big play threat home. Three-star wide receiver Brandon Burkhalter, Mississippi State commit. Brandon Burkhalter is a highly ranked three-star that attends Flowood Harfield Academy, which is right outside of Jackson. He committed to Ole Miss the spring before his junior season and then flipped to Mississippi State back in February. Mike Leach's pass-happy offense is certainly going to be appealing to Burkhalter, but Sanders would likely try to sell the 24-7 Sports Composite's number 82-ranked wide receiver on playing for his city. 
four-star offensive lineman Tyler Booker. Tyler Booker is a borderline five-star prospect in the class of 2022 at Brandon, Florida IMG Academy. The Connecticut native has interest from Power 5 schools from around the country, but could give Jackson State a serious look seeing as how he has spoken out in the past about racial injustice in the United States and made it clear that he wants to help create change. The 24-7 sports composite views Booker as the nation's number 10 offensive tackle for the next cycle. Four-star cornerback, Kamari Rogers, LSU commit. LSU 2022 cornerback commit Kamari Rogers is actually a Jackson State legacy as his dad, as his dad, Marcus, played for the Tigers. Rogers have Rogers gave a verbal commitment to LSU this past November before the Tigers won the college football playoff. The number one ranked junior in Mississippi attends Holmes County in Lexington. Plenty of SEC programs are also in the mix. Rogers did visit some other schools before the NCAA dead period went into place. Defensive end, Jamari Robinson. Jamari Robinson might not be ranked by 24-7 sports at the moment, but he is considered one of the top edge rushers at the junior college level. The Virginia transplant is currently at Monroe Community College, which is located in New York. Both Auburn and Syracuse are pushing for the lengthy specimen, while Virginia Tech and North Carolina have expressed Mining the JUCO ranks could be a smart move for Sanders if he wants to win early. Three-star cornerback Jadarius Perkins, Oregon commit. Jadarius Perkins is the number three ranked junior college cornerback according to 24-7 Sports Composite. Mario Cristobal and the Oregon Ducks were able to secure a commitment from the Magnolia State native before Alabama and Florida both offense. It won't be easy for Sanders to beat out some SEC powers for the high three-star prospect, but one could have to think would have to think that a young corner would at least listen to one of the game's best defenders. Five-star defensive lineman, Mason Smith. Mason Smith is the number one ranked recruit in Louisiana. He has long been considered an LSU lean, but that didn't prevent Sanders from offering day one. Smith told 24-7 sports director of recruiting Steve Woodfong that he 100% plans to consider Jackson State moving forward. Other programs in the mix to land Smith include Georgia, Alabama, Miami, and USC. Smith isn't expected to make a decision anytime soon. And we have sound clip from Deion Sanders and his recruiting. Well, we'll try to get that audio. We're having some technical difficulties. Uh, but looking at some more recruits that Deion Sanders has reached out to, Four-star 
athlete Kadarius Callaway, an Alabama commit. Kadarius Callaway is a big-bodied athlete out of Philadelphia, Mississippi, that could do multiple things at the next level. He was initially committed to Mississippi State, but backed off that and committed to Alabama back in July. The 24-7 sports composite number 14 ranked athlete hasn't been offered by a ton of schools like other elite prospects, which means that the door could be open for Jackson State to potentially get a visit if the NCAA's temporary dead period is lifted. So there you have what Sanders is doing right now. Not to mention, and we can't let this slip by, four-star quarterback Shador Sanders, Florida A&M University commit. Shadur Sanders is Dion's youngest son. He surprised many when he committed to FAU and Willie Taggart back in July as Power 5 programs like Louisville had been in contact. It's unclear at the time what Shadur thinks of Jackson State, but it wouldn't be all that surprising to see him flip his commitment in hopes of creating some buzz for his dad, Tigers. Sanders is playing his senior season at Cedar Hill, Texas Trinity, Christian Catholic. So we see Sanders is not playing around. He is going after some big names. He said what he meant, and he meant what he said. How many will he actually sign of the elite caliber? It remains to be seen. But you have to think that with some of those cornerbacks that are out there, and knowing Sanders' track record, not only as a cornerback, but sometimes as a part-time receiver. You have to think that Sanders knows the game, and they want to at least listen to him. And like one of the players said, you know, with you know, with the racial injustice going on, because at some point that's going to always rear its ugly head. It could open the door of seeing, well, let's just say, first of all, you may see players actually follow Deion Sanders and go to Jackson State. But at some point, some of these players are going to have to go to some of these other schools and level the playing field. And next thing you know, you have some going to Jackson State, you end up having some going to Grambling. And then you have some that were potentially going to Power 5 schools and all of a sudden they start going to these HBCU schools. So, this could be the start of a new transition. It starts with a named coach going after elite athletes. And eventually what they would do is they would have to elevate the game of other schools in that conference and other schools of HBCU heritage. So, we're going to keep our eye on Deion Sanders and how he's going about with his recruiting and what he's trying to do at Jackson State, what type of coaching staff he's trying to build. We're going to keep our eye on this situation. Well, time is getting away from me, and I am going to bring this particular podcast to a close. Check back in with me tomorrow 
as I will have some more for you as we know tomorrow night, the first night of the NBA Finals. Who are you taking? Are you taking Miami? Are you taking L.A.? I'm looking forward to a good series, and I will be breaking down each game as they occur. I may have time for one more story, so let me just take a pause right here, and I will come back. So stay tuned. A Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is Anthony Smith. Okay, welcome back, and this will be my last segment here. Uh, it seems like Paul Pierce is always catching flack for something he says, and especially when it's geared toward LeBron James. So Paul Pierce reacts to getting killed for latest LeBron James hot take. Paul Pierce has been on record saying that he doesn't believe LeBron James is a top five NBA player of all time. Now, following the Los Angeles Lakers game one loss to the Portland Trailblazers on two. And we right now have the wrong story. So what we're going to do, we're going to pause right here and come back with the correct story. Sometimes these things happen, so just stay tuned. Okay, so I'm back and... uh what we have here, we have some sound clip from Shannon Sharp because Shannon is a big LeBron James. I don't know how you want to say it. He's He is very supportive of LeBron James, whereas Paul Pierce on the other end is very sour. Now, I seen the other day on TNT Paul did soften up a little bit. He said, now, if LeBron were to win this championship, he would probably put him at number two on his all-time list. But right now, Paul Pierce doesn't even have, I don't even think he has him in the top ten. So let's see what Shannon Sharp had to say. Mm-hmm. And they had just won. They had just won the year before. They had won. 
thanks to Magic in Game Six, standing in for Kareem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, that, that was that was eighty. That was the oh, 80 I'm final. sorry, I thought you meant. No. Okay, I got it. Eighty finals they won. The 80s. Then the Celtics won. Yeah, yeah. Then they won it again. They then did. they played the Sixers. The Sixers had gotten Moses Malone. Got and it. Remember when they signed Moses? Moses said everybody go to four, four, four. Okay. Got it. If eventually somebody won a game, Skip, I, I I don't get this. What LeBron James has been able to do, and I don't want you know just this to be completely about a narrative about a year 17. But what he's done, he's changed the way we view superstars later in their career. Because no superstar in year 17 has been thought of as an MVP candidate. Kobe was first team All-NBA, but he wasn't thought of as an MVP candidate. Yep. Neither was Kareem. Shaq, Shaq uh, 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 was third team All-NBA. His sons missed the playoffs. So this notion, now all of a sudden, Skip, and I'm not LeBron does have AD, but I think when we look at the Lakers and we look at LeBron and we look at AD, we realize just how flawed this team actually is, and it's not as good. And you you look at you like, wow, can't believe LeBron is because of the way they're playing. If these guys don't play great every single night, I'm talking about off the charts, they don't win, and it's not even close. You've been telling me all year it's a lock that they're going to win. You didn't tell me about any flaws until now. That's the first time I've heard that word come out of your mouth. Let it sink in. How many guys are on multiple-year contracts? So that lets you know. Okay. Who built the Clippers? Are the Clippers players on a one-year contract? What about the I'm just saying, all year long, you just sang the praises of this team and said it's over. It's a lock. They're going to win. Skip, just because I say it's going to win doesn't mean it's not a flawed team. You make... So there you have it, Shannon Sharp defending LeBron James because of harsh criticism from Paul Pierce. And basically what Paul said that was that these players, they, when they see certain, basically certain stars that, you know, they fear him. He said, he said it's a different crop of players. So Shannon had even let it be known that, hey, when... Kobe came into the league, he was what, like 15, 17 years younger than Michael Jordan. Uh, when LeBron came into the league, he was 18 years old. Kobe had already been established. Of course, you know, you got a different mentality. So now here it is, LeBron is 33, 34, 35. I mean, how do you expect these players to react? And you look at Zion Williamson, what, 19 years old? So... Shannon basically, if you want to say, for lack of better terms, basically put Paul Pierce in his place, so to speak, if you want to use that terminology. I'm pretty sure at some point, Paul Pierce is going to snap back. And I'm pretty sure this war of words will go on. And then again, it may not. That just depends on if Paul Pierce will end up being a man of his word, like he said on the set on TNT. If LeBron and the Lakers win this championship. He said he'll put him probably at number two. I personally will say I was asked by my good buddy Rick Thomas, who has his podcast running the table. He asked me if LeBron were to win this championship, would that make him the GOAT? I'm going to say no. Will it make him one of the GOATs? Yes, but will it make him the GOAT? No. You will not surpass Michael Jordan. I don't care. And I know you say basketball 
back then. It's played different than it is today. But let me ask you this. Are there really any rivalries in basketball today? Because at the drop of a dime, a guy can give a guy a call and say, hey, I'm going to this team. Won't you come along with me? Let's build something together here at this team. That didn't happen back in Jordan's era. As a matter of fact, the Bulls is on the cusp. And if I'm correct, I believe Doug Collins was the coach. Doug could only take them so far. They kept running into the Detroit Pistons. Now, exit out Doug, bring in Phil Jackson. Now, Phil gets them over the hump. Six rings later, who's the GOAT? I think that will still be Jordan. So maybe one of these days I will give you my Mount Rushmore of basketball legends. But I'm going to have to do my due diligence. And I'm pretty sure whoever I pick as my Mount Rushmore might not sit well with a lot of other people. But it's time for me to sign off. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Yours truly, Anthony Smith. Take care of yourself and each other. Have a blessed evening.